In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Six, four, Welcome to another episode of the 643 Podcast with yours truly, Dylan Short, brought to you by 680 The Fan and the Dickey Broadcasting Corporation. So, we got some good news, we got some bad news, and we have some kind of I don't know news for the Braves today. We'll discuss that at length as well as what the Braves do with yet another injury on the team and how they are going to recoup and how they are going to find a way to figure out how to win some ball games consistently because so far they just have not. Uh, we'll look at a call-up, a couple of call-ups, and one player that should be really getting called up uh, probably for his next start. But the big news, obviously, is the Eddie Rosario news. So it came out late last night that Eddie Rosario was having to get emergency surgery for his eye. Uh, he is apparently has been experiencing blurred vision and swelling in his right eye, so he's getting surgery done, which is probably going to leave him out for an estimated 8 to 12 weeks. Uh, that's that's not good for the Braves. Uh, it's good for Eddie. Eddie was not playing well. My buddies over at NL Feast uh, have playfully coined a term called the Warhol, uh, play on Andy Warhol, obviously, uh, which is somebody who is in the negative war range. And I've, I've told them politely that I'm going to be stealing it now uh, to describe somebody who is in a negative war space. Whereas there are a few players who are at one F war right now, which means they've done a lot. Kyle Wright being one of those. Uh, on the flip side of that, there are very few who are at negative one F war, which is where Eddie Rosario has found himself. So hopefully after the surgery, it can kind of stabilize. Now, he was never going to be what he was in the NLCS. I've said this a million times. He's not Barry Bonds, but he's a lot better than what he's done right now. Uh, and and I, I'm hoping that a lot of this was the issue with his eye. So once he gets that back and, and gets fixed up and comes back, uh, he'll be able to, to turn it on a little bit. We saw Dan Ugla go through something similar, and he kind of never really got right after that. So I hope we don't see that with Eddie. Uh, but that does kind of leave the Braves in a little bit of a precarious perch. As you were already thin in the outfield, you were already playing Orlando Arcia in the outfield. And, and while Arcia is a good defensive shortstop, not a great defensive outfielder. Um, you can tell the instincts just quite just aren't quite there for the outfield. He's he's aggressive and willing and lays his body out. I, I like seeing that, but you can tell the outfield instincts just aren't up to par for him. Not not that surprising. He's never really played outfield before until he came to Atlanta. Um, so you're already playing essentially two bad defenders in the field because Eddie is not, even at his best days, Eddie is not a great defensive outfielder. And Adam Duvall has been playing a whale of a center field, but 
I think you can clearly there's there's either that's sapping his offensive potential right now, or he's just in one of the worst funks he's had in a while because he just doesn't look like he's seeing the ball at all. Between him and Dansby Swanson, they've got more strikeouts than some major league teams. It's it's pretty crazy. It's pretty wild. Um, and I think that that's one of the worries about having Duvall in center field over a full season is that it can sap his legs for his offense, which uh, for a guy that's pretty reliant on the home run ball offensively to be effective, it's not exactly a great sign factor in what Major League Baseball has been doing, messing with the baseballs. And you can kind of see they've been using a report came out today. They've been using the 2019 baseball, which was designed to uh, reduce carry by about two feet. Plus, you install the humidors and you've got a little recipe for, for why maybe some of these stadiums are seeing so many baseballs just die at the front of the warning track, which is just. Major League Baseball being Major League Baseball. I mean, they could have just created an approved grip substance for pitchers sponsored by Major League Baseball, kept the juice ball the way they had it, and that way you could say everybody was on a pretty level playing field, but baseball decided that they were going to mess with baseball for the fourth straight year in a row, and offense is way, way down. And if it doesn't start picking up as the weather gets warmer across the league, then uh, you're going to see baseball try to stealthily kind of move a different baseball in there without letting anybody know as we've seen them do that multiple years as well but for the Braves it's good news for Travis Demerit who uh, looks like he's gonna at least get some some more decent usage up until you have to start making your roster cuts uh, I think I, I, I like seeing Travis get a shot I like Demerit a lot I liked him in the first go around with the Braves when They've traded for him for uh, Lucas Harrell and uh, Dario Alvarez. Uh, I, I liked his profile. as At that time, he was a shortstop with big, gigantic power. Now he did get popped for PEDs back then. Uh, but when he came back, the power was still there. He hits the ball hard. He dominates in Gwinnett. For some reason, they moved him off of second. Like they, When the Braves got him, they, they moved him to second. And he was a really, really good defensive second baseman. Then they moved him to third, and he wasn't as good of a defensive third baseman, but it's a guy that I think that you could have gotten at least semi-comfortable there. has a strong enough arm to do it. Uh, the Braves moved him, then moved him to, uh, then they traded him. I think they moved him to the outfield first, but he moved to the outfield, a corner slot. He was playing left field for a while. Then he was part of the trade for Shane Green. Uh, him and Joey Wentz was the deal for Shane Green back in 2019, maybe 2019 or 2020. Um, the years all kind of run together. And then he's back with the organization and, and he's been dominating Gwinnett for the past year, year and a half or so. Uh, Braves called him up. He got his first game action with the Braves not too long ago. He's, you know, he's only had three at bats, so you can't judge anything on it. Um, but he's a guy that I like Travis. I think I like his skill set. I like the speed power. He's not a good defender at all, really, in the outfield either. Um, but then again, in the Braves outfield right now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's the worst outfielder out there. So I like he's in the starting lineup tonight playing right field. I like the idea of giving him some run a little bit and see what you've got. See if he's a guy that can stick around on the roster once you add Acuna back and, and kind of see if he can be like a floating fourth or fifth outfielder because they're not going to play Alex Dickerson in the field if they can help it. The bad news is that means that there's a distinct possibility that unless the Braves make some sort of move to address this, you'll see Marcelo Zuna in left field more than the Braves would like to see him out there. Uh, and that's that's not a good thing. I've, I've mentioned it before. Marcelo's arm is just toast at this point. 
So runners are able to to take extra bases on him easily, and that puts a lot more pressure on the pitchers. That puts a lot more pressure on the offense. And having a run around the outfield is probably saps Marcel's offensive potential, just as it does for pretty much any other hitter. That's why you'll see guys that when they go and they play DH, their offensive numbers are generally going to be at their highest point. When they got to go play in the field, their offense drops. Hard stuff on your legs. You get tired. You need your lower half a lot to be successful offensively. Uh, And I know the Braves don't want to have to be using Marcelo Zuna in the field, but he and Alex Dickerson will both be in the field today as um, Marcel's going to be playing left field. Orlando Arcia gets the day off. I kind of wish that it was Dansby getting the day off and uh, Arcia playing shortstop as Arcia has been swinging the bat pretty good and Dansby has decidedly not been. But that's one of those players where they like Dansby's glove enough to where they want his glove in there every single day. Uh, I, I don't quite agree with that approach, but... He's been putting better swings. He's still striking out a lot, but he's been putting better swings on the ball lately. Hopefully he's about to go on one of his runs because the the bottom of the lineup really does need to start putting some things together here. Excuse me. As uh, Matt Olson has been playing really well. Austin Riley's been hitting the cover off the ball. Marcelo Zuna's been smashing the ball. Travis Darno's putting some good swings on some balls. Dickerson has been supremely unlucky. He'll be DHing tonight, batting six. So I should just announce the lineups. Leading off will be Ozzy, Matt Olson in the two slot, where you're going to see him all year. The top four is essentially what you're going to see all year until Acuna comes back. As Ozzy, Olson, Riley, Ozuna, Darno in his fifth spot, where he's kind of been floating around the past few games. Uh, which I'm, it's, he's been performing pretty well, but it's not a good sign for your offense when Darno's batting fifth. Uh, Dickerson sixth, Duvall, Travis Demerit, Dansby will be batting ninth, which I actually kind of, even when Dansby's going well, I like the idea of him batting ninth in a DH lineup. One, because he's got some speed. It gives you somebody, if he can be on base, it gives you somebody for some of the other players on the team to be able to drive in. Um, OBP's not great for him, but hopefully he can kind of keep that, he can work on that walk rate a little bit. He'll, he'll get to one of those stretches where he starts just carrying the team for a little bit. Hopefully he's about to get to that soon because the Braves need something now that they're going to be down yet another bat. Uh, now there's some rumblings. You could call up Ronald Acuna. I think the knee is ready. I mean, he's stolen three or four bases already in the short time he's been playing with Gwinnett. He's hitting out. He's, he's been outstanding. He's taken walks. There's a couple strikeouts. It's almost like he's just kind of using it as spring training, getting his timing back. And uh, that I don't want to rush Acuna because you saw what happened when you rushed Mike Soroka back. You don't want to have that happen with Ronald Acuna, obviously. Uh, but I think the fact that he's been playing in the field and he's been stealing bases regularly and he he's looks just as fast as ever, I think that's a good sign that, that the legs feel good, the knee feels fine, and physically he's ready. It's just a matter of timing. Uh, and while I think the Braves would like to allow him to stay down there for what would probably amount to, I don't know, probably about 20 games or so, maybe 15 to 20 games, I think, they're, I think they've been eyeing May 6th, which would be next Friday, I believe. Next Friday, I don't th- – or. Yeah, not this Friday, but next Friday. I don't think that they're going to wait that long. I think you could see him up as early as, I don't know, maybe maybe Wednesday or Thursday. But I've thought that for a little bit, and it hasn't come true to this point. Uh, I think that they're really just basically trying to make sure that he's fully comfortable, that his timing is back, so when he comes up, he's ready to just just go and, and roll at it. Um, but I think this injury, to this this having Eddie Rosario having to miss – about two to two to three months. I think that can throw a monkey wrench into that a little bit. Um, now, there is the possibility that the Braves could look to make a trade, an early trade. I don't think it would be for anybody crazy, anybody long-term, because they do still like what they're seeing from Michael Harris. Drew Waters has been on the injured list, but he'll be coming off. I would, I would assume he's coming off the injured list fairly soon. Um, 
those are two guys that they might think later on in the year might be able to make an effective call up, especially if none of the other corner outfield slots, you're not getting anything from your left field slot. Even after Acuna comes back, that's cer- certainly something you could do just to move Duvall to left field. And then you could pair, I don't know, you might be able to pair Drew with Guillermo Heredia or something like that and just say, uh, give me good defense and, and we'll, we'll see what happens offensively here, but could, could, could decide to roll with if you're getting if you're not getting offensive production and bad defensive production from the left field slot you can always move Duvall over and just say if I'm going to have bad offense I might as well have good defense and put Duvall in a spot where it might jumpstart his offense a little bit I think that's something you could see but there are a few targets that you could kind of maybe see Alex Anthopoulos start to look at and there's no there's no rumblings or anything like that so it's pure speculation on my part just kind of looking around the league at guys that might fit the profile center field is a harder spot to find than you might think uh, obviously, Brian Reynolds is is the A1 piece, but I, I don't think that Alex is planning on making a move like that. It certainly wouldn't be until the deadline or the offseason. I don't see him making a play like that this early in the year. Uh, I think that it would be very prohibitive prospect-wise to get him if the Pirates do want to deal him at all. I think the Pirates like a lot of their young talent right now. They think that If they think that they can be competitive for two or three years while they have Brian Reynolds under contract, then I don't think they're going to move him. Uh, unless they get blown away. And that's kind of been the, the going consensus is that they would have to be blown away to trade Reynolds. Now, could the Braves do it? Yeah, I think they could. Um, but it would cost a lot of prospect capital. And I'm not quite sure we see Alex do that right after doing that for Matt Olson. I don't quite think we would see that. Uh, I would suggest Ramon Laureano, but he's you know got an 80-game suspension for PEDs. So that's not going to do the Braves much good now. That might be something that you look at later if they decide to just roll to the deadline with it. But I don't like that idea of just kind of rolling to the deadline. Unless they get hot, if you're Alex, I think you got to be eyeballing a trade. See if you can get somebody over here that can get you to the point and maybe even beyond it can be somebody that could split time in the outfield or at least bridge you to Michael Harris or Drew Waters next season or something like that. Um, maybe somebody that could even float in as a, as a better fit as a fourth outfielder. But there's not a lot of those guys that I think would fit what the Braves are looking for. you got to find somebody who can hit righties. Uh, because the Braves mostly face right-handed pitching. There's not a lot of lefties in the NL East, so you're not facing a lot of those night in and night out, so you don't want to get somebody that's that's you know amazing against lefties but not good against righties. It's not going to do you any good. You don't want to start Guillermo Heredia all the time. Guillermo actually has uh, reverse splits anyway, where Guillermo is better against lefties than he is against righties. Kyle Lewis is an interesting name from the Mariners. They've got a crowded outfield with Jesse Winker and Mitch Hanniger, Jared Kelenic, and Julio Rodriguez. Um Kyle Lewis is a really, really good hitter. He's been he's got big problems with injuries. That's what he's in right now. He's kind of trying to come back from a uh I believe it was a meniscus tear, a meniscus or an MCL. I believe it was his meniscus last year. Uh and the Mariners have been planning on using him as a DH to to try to keep his legs healthy. Uh you could bet on that talent. There was a lot of rumblings in the Ian Anderson draft that the Braves might go with Kyle Lewis had put who had just put up some monster numbers at Mercer. A lot of Braves fans will remember that. A lot of Braves fans wanted Kyle Lewis because he's from the area. We know Alex Anthopoulos likes guys that grew up Braves fans. Uh, I think that that's that's a possibility. That's the high side here as far as talent-wise that I've got on this list. I don't know what it would take for Kyle Lewis. Jerry Depoto has his own ideas for trades, and it's not always what you or I think would be smart trades. Um, but I think that Kyle Lewis is a guy that could be an odd man out in, in Seattle, and I think he could get that deal done. Depends on how you feel about his health, though. You don't want this. It's almost the same thing with Byron Buxton without that same level of Byron Buxton upside, where there's a 
probably a better than 50-50 chance he's going to miss games. Um, unfortunately for Kyle, he's just been unable, unable to stay healthy his entire pro career. I hope that changes for him because I love watching him play. Um, but he's a guy that you could see uh, that that I, he'd be more he'd be more than just a bridge. He'd be a guy that I would think would play significant role uh, for the length of time that you have him. The, I've got three more that I wrote down. These are all going to be guys that are not going to sound very impressive, uh, but they fit what the Braves would kind of be looking for. Manuel Margot from the Rays. I'm sure you could get the Rays to deal pretty much anybody. They are not beholden to anyone, and they are another one of those guys where they're going to scout your minors. They're going to find some pitcher that throws one pitch. This is one that I think that the Braves could do for what we would call organizational filler, somebody that's kind of lost in the shuffle, um, but somebody that's got arm talent that the Rays might think that, hey, I can I can give up. Margot, who's not all that important to the Rays, uh, and free up some at-bats for some of the other young guys. They have some guys in the minors they could probably call up right now and, and do about the same job offensively as Margot. Margot is a good defender. He's been playing left with them just because they've got Kevin Kiermaier, uh, but Margot would be playing center field here and not a great offensive player. Um, never has been. He, he actually was a pretty high, highly touted prospect back when he was with San Diego. It just never worked out for him. Um, when you're looking at him career-wise, I think he's another reverse splits guy. Um, but that's not really the route that you want to go if you can avoid it. I just think that the Braves right now are going to be looking for, if they're looking to make a trade, it's for somebody that can play center field and maybe split time with Heredia. So you can feel like you're getting better defense, even if offensively it's a little bit of a wash. I think it's better. If you're going to have bad offense or bad defense, I think unless you're getting plus offense it's usually better to err on the side of the defense just for what it can do for your pitching staff uh, but when you're looking at Margot, he is he is a good defender and he still has a good bit of speed to him now Fangraph still has his hit tool at a uh, at a 50 out of 60 and that's not true uh, but he is a guy that at one point was the was a top 25 prospect he was a 23rd rated prospect by Fangraphs back in the day uh, so there, there's still so if you feel like you can unlock something from him that would be one of those low risk buy low just dart throws and see what happens uh, but through his career he's been better against lefties and righties not that shocking for a righty hitter but he hasn't been great against righties at all only a 77 wrc plus but he's a good defender and it's one of those where if you get him you're going to pair him with I don't, he doesn't pair very well with heredia since heredia is also better against lefties but he's a guy that i could see the braves taking a dart throw on probably wouldn't cost a lot i know a lot of people say that you can't beat the rays in a trade that's not really true the marlins hosed them uh trading nick anderson for jesus sanchez and you see how sanchez has been playing uh two others this is going to be two austins because you can never have enough austins on this team austin hayes from the orioles he's a guy that when austin was coming up through the minors Really, really good defender. Had some power. Had some real struggles with his approach. He still has the struggles with his approach. Defensively, he hasn't rated super highly, but he doesn't really get enough playing time for, for me to worry about that too much. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union. Free online and mobile banking. No minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required.
Hey, Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today, accentroofingservice.com. But he is a guy that typically is not going to walk a ton, which kind of puts his OBP down and kind of suppresses his offensive numbers. But last year in 2021, he was a 106 WRC+. plus. So far this year, 109. 2020, he was 96. Those are playable. Uh, that's not, you know, that's not stupendous or anything, but it's definitely playable. And it would definitely be an upgrade for what you're seeing on this team. Now, he's been playing mostly corner for... For uh, Baltimore, now that could just very well be because you've got Cedric Mullins playing in center field, which you're not going to beat out Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullins is uh, is, is the best player on Baltimore. He's going to be staying in center field for as long as he wants. But he's a guy that hits lefties really, really well to the tune of 114 for his career, WRC+. But he does have a 98 career WRC+, against righties. And while that's slightly below average, that's most certainly playable. That 733 OPS against righties compared to a 797 against lefties. That That is eminently playable. If you feel like he can give you at least a half-decent defensive center field, you can move. I, I would move Duvall back to left field and, and try Hayes in center. He, he grades out pretty well defensively as far as his prospect rankings did. Um, hasn't really played enough in the field to really gather that from the pro leagues. The other one would be going to the San Francisco Giants and uh, Austin Slater. Now, he you might have seen Slater's been around for a few years since 2017. It's not exactly... Uh, not not really a true starter, not a guy that has a, a lot of pop. It, it He seems like he has some pop, but it doesn't really translate to home run power. Uh, but he's a guy that, that's, you know, he's a decent enough player. He, he struggles with strikeouts at times, at least so far this year, last year, every year but 2020, really. He's struggled with strikeouts, but he will take walks, so his OBP is generally okay. Uh, he's been an above-average offensive performer since 2020. 2019 was right on the cusp at, 90, at 99. He's another guy that... He's not a great. He's not a great fielder. Um, he's not a better center fielder than Adam Duvall. So that might be one where I would play him in left and leave Duvall in center field if it, if you feel like that gives you better defense. But Slater is a guy that can do multiple things for you well, uh, and that's that's probably the guy on this list that I would think would m- be the most likely target as far as being able to acquire him without giving up a ton. Alex and Farhan Zaidi both coming off that Andrew Friedman tree. I'm assuming they they know each other pretty well. Um, they would probably work together fairly well. And the Giants are one of those teams where, similar to the Rays, they're not necessarily just looking for your highest-rated prospect. They're looking for somebody that fits what they like to do. Uh, now with Slater, he is much better against lefties and righties for his career. Now that's, not again, not too shocking. Most righties are significantly better against lefties or, than, than they are against the same-handed pitchers. Most hitters are. Um, now a lot of that is dragged down by his 2021, which was pretty bad against righties with 38 WRC plus. It really just doesn't play very much against righties. Uh, but he's a guy that that's got at least some tools where you might think you might be able to carve that out. 2020, he had a 107 against right-handers, uh, 2019, as I'm about to pull up 2019 here, 2019, he was, uh, he was 79. That's not as good there. But maybe maybe you can mess with a few things and, and maybe unlock at least to be slightly better. Again, defensive-wise, you're looking at it. He can play against lefties. He would be somebody... This year, he's been crushing righties, by the way. 
to the tune of a 213 WRC+. plus. Now, I probably don't expect that all the way through, uh, but he's a guy that you might feel could play more often. He's a guy that, that has at least some tools. I like Austin Hayes the most out of the guys that I put on this, besides Kyle Lewis, uh, but I think I, it's hard for me to figure out what Baltimore looks to do. Anthony Santander and Cedric Mullins have corner slot, uh, have center field and, and corner slot already, left field for Santander. I don't think that there's a real spot for them to play Austin Hayes all that often, but you never know how some of these teams value guys, and Austin Hayes, the way that they had him through the minors, power and speed is always a combination that teams value and covet, even if the guys haven't quite figured it out. Um, but if you're looking at Hayes, he has played 15 games for them this year, 64 ABs. Um, and, he, and he's performed pretty well, 246, which isn't great. 328 OBP is okay. The slugging is down. It's under 400, 368. You don't like that. Uh, but he's a guy that, that's done enough to where I, I would like Austin Hayes a fair bit. That would be the guy that I would like. Now, as to what you'd be giving up, I don't think the Braves are looking to move any big-time prospects for somebody like that, for a guy that you're saying at best is your fourth outfielder next year, or the plan would be to be your fourth outfielder next year. I don't think they'd be looking to deal anybody big name. I think they'd be looking to deal from... Mm, Maybe somewhere around the 13, 13 to 15 range as far as the top 30 goes. Maybe somewhere, somewhere around, along that line. Maybe bringing up William Woods gives them the possibility of showcasing him a little bit. I think they like William Woods. Um, speaking of William Woods, it's who they called up uh, last night. William is a guy that the, we've seen in the past couple of years. 2020, he got himself invited to the alternate training site by posting a video on Twitter showing him hitting 99 on the gun. Uh, unfortunately, he's had to deal with some injuries since then. He got a late start this year because he was on the 40-man roster, so he had to wait until the lockout ended before he could really get underway, and he struggled a little bit in his first start. He was Mississippi's opening day starter, got absolutely rocked. His next time out, they moved him to the bullpen. He got rocked his first time out there. Uh, then he struck out the side, got promoted to Gwinnett, uh, and he basically he's he's just been striking out everybody. I believe he's got a strikeout percentage of, of uh, uh, something like twenty. Was it like twenty K per nine? Something something crazy. Strikes out tons and tons of batters and does that with a really good fastball, uh, which he runs up to ninety nine when he's in the bullpen. When you just let it eat. And he's got a plus slider, which can generate good swings and misses. Now, he has a tendency to kind of leave some balls up in the zone. And when people get good wood on it, they can kind of go along a long way. He's got a changeup. His changeup is currently not playable. Uh, <laughs> 23.63Ks per night. Sorry, I didn't, mean to, uh, I didn't mean to undervalue what he'd been doing so far. And his five innings in, in Gwinnett, or in, uh, in Mississippi, rather. Had a 12.6K per nine with 3.6 walk per nine. And that's the thing for William. As long as he can keep the walk rate under control, then he's a guy that can do some good things for you. He is kind of prone to giving up the home run ball. Um, that's something that you're just going to kind of have to deal with. But he decent ground ball rates in 2021. Didn't, hasn't shown it so far this year. But again, it's only seven and two-thirds innings. So it's hard, to, it's hard to really gauge what you should expect from him at all, seeing as going all the way back through 2021, you're talking about a guy with, round 17 innings thrown uh not anything that you can draw any real conclusions from but the FIP is great and he's a guy that I think is just going to slot into low relief for now I think there's a possibility if he kind of shows out and Bryce Elder continues to struggle with the walks which is what we just saw happen with Elder's last outing where he had six walks to four strikeouts just burying himself in deep counts which can kind of be a struggle for him sometimes because he does have to kind of nibble uh, he's got the exact same K per nine as he does walk per nine at the big league level. They may start trying to transition Strider into the starting role. Now, Strider's been struggling a little bit lately. Hasn't really been finding the strike zone with any real regularity. But you you like what he has, and 
honestly, I don't, I don't quite know the, the way that they're going to approach that. I've thought since Strider is more comfortable just throwing fastball slider that they might leave him in the pen. But if Elder's not going to be going deeper into games at all, if he's going to be struggling with walk rates, they're going to be kind of struggling to give you deep innings either way. Strider is definitely the more high upside of the pair. He's definitely been the better of the two pitchers thus far. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see if William Woods is able to to kind of do some good things up here. That maybe William slots into the Strider role, and he might just become the Sean. New- he might he and Jesse Chavez might be kind of the lower leverage guys, the the middle inning guys. And then you see Strider roll, and they just start telling Spencer to give them four to five good innings, and then just kind of go bullpens off the back of that. You have a lot of multi arm or multi inning relievers in that bullpen. You should be able to handle that. That's that's certainly a scenario I could see playing out. If I were to, if I were a betting man, that's where I'd lay my money. Not super confident that's how they'll do it, but that's that's probably what I would do. Um, but as it stands, something's got to change. You don't want to worry yet. The Braves are still a very talented ball club, and I still think that that they're the best team in the division. But you can't let yourself get buried behind teams like the Mets early, and you can't count on the Mets metsing themselves every year. There will be a year where they don't, and you will be a, a team that had a chance to do good things, didn't perform well, and get yourself out of the playoffs. We, we saw that happen with the Phillies a few times where they just seemed to hurt themselves and collapse late in the year for divisions that, frankly, at the time were very winnable for them. And it's been a long time since they've been over 500 since. I believe it's 12, 12 years maybe, 12 or 13 years since the Phillies have been over 500. Now, I'm not saying the Braves are going to be like that, but the Braves are a team that's kind of viewing themselves as, as starting a starting to enter like a dynasty window. And it doesn't do you any good to bury yourself early and have to dig out of that hole. The Mets are playing very, very well. I believe they're the number one team as far as position player war, number one or number two. Same for their starting rotation, number one or number two for, for F war for their starters. So, again, they're the Mets. So, at some point, they're going to get like dengue fever or something. But if and I have to include this if, if that doesn't happen for the Mets this year, the Braves can't afford to try to do what they did last year every year. You can't afford to be under 500 at the break and expect to win your division with 88 wins this year. I don't think that that's a good play. I don't think that that's what the Braves are expecting. I don't think that's what Alex Anthopoulos is looking to do this year. You don't want to have to try to rely on on making three perfect trades like you did last year and having all three of them work out perfectly and get you to the World Series. It worked last year. Uh, I don't want to see that happen again this year. The Braves are too talented of a ball club to be playing that game. I don't think we'll see it again. I've, I've been telling you guys, I'm not going to start worrying until we're a week or two into May. If we're a week or two into May and the Braves are still kind of doing this shuffle, then then I'll change my tune. Then I'll worry a little bit because I, I just I just don't think that you can afford to bury yourself and have to go on such an uphill slog every single year, particularly coming off of a World Series, which I know the team says they're still hungry. I know they want to get back and win it again. I know Ronald Acuna wants to be on the field to win a World Series, but there is a letdown after you win one. It is not possible to be up at the same level the year after you win it. It's why it's so hard to repeat as a World Series champion. And if you're going to do that, it's got to go through the division. I don't want to see the Braves in a play-in game. I don't want to see the Braves as a wild card. I want to see them win the division. I want to see them win the division every year, frankly. But to, to try to follow up what they did last year, I I need to see you do some things and, and, and win your division. And I think they can do it. I think that they – I do think they – I still think they'll do it. I still think that the Braves are going to pace the, the division pretty easily. I think that they can beat the Mets. I think they're probably a four or five uh, – four, maybe, maybe three. I'll say three to five – 
game lead over the Mets once we get to the, to the end of the season as far as talent on paper. Now, the, the scary thing for the Mets right now is they're playing very well. They're number one or two in starting pitching, and they haven't had an inning from Jacob deGrom yet. He, deGrom is going to come back relatively quickly. And if that if he comes out and Jacob deGrom is the best pitcher uh, of this generation, now Kershaw's got the numbers numbers, but deGrom is maybe the most talented pitcher arm talent-wise that we've seen in a long time. He's right up there in the upper echelon. There are very few people, if any, that have ever had the type of skill that you see from Jacob deGrom. The pure strikeouts, the stuff, the constantly improving velocity, the no walks, the ability to be... Uh, double plus with any pitch that he throws and strike you out on any pitch that he throws and the pinpoint precision. That's not something that we've seen from anybody. But DeGrom is just a case of can his body hold up to throwing like that? I don't know. I hope it can. I love Jacob DeGrom. I've made no bones that DeGrom is my favorite player not on the Braves. If I'm being real honest, he might be my favorite player in baseball, period. He's he's that good. Um, But he's on the enemy team. So I need the Braves to make a real run at this before you have to start facing Jacob deGrom. Uh, and that run starts tonight against the Cubs. The cool part about this Cubs series is I'm going to get my first up close look at Seiya Suzuki, who has been absolutely incredible. I've talked about him a couple times on the Saturday show, uh, but he has been an absolute stud so far. He is doing, he's already up to one F war on the season up above one F war. And you could see, uh, I don't know that he'll challenge, the numbers that Ichiro put up, where I believe Ichiro had a six or a seven war season, his first, his debut season stateside. But Seiya Suzuki has been absolutely insane. And everybody knew Suzuki would be good, but you generally don't expect somebody to come over from the Japanese league and right out of the gate just start dominating like you've seen with Suzuki. He is at one F war uh, in 16 games played, four homers for him, 13 RBI. Uh, over a 20% walk rate. That's he's the guy that you got to watch out for. He he's the guy that can that can do frankly weirdly enough, he's probably the the most dangerous hitter in that lineup. Patrick Wisdom can hit homers, Frank Schwindel is is not bad. It's a bad team. The Cubs aren't a good team, but the Braves have struggled with bad teams so far this year. So I'd like to see them get started off well tonight. Uh I I Max is a good guy to have going if you want to go ahead and get you a win. Uh, I, I don't want to, <laughs> I really just don't want to see the Braves struggle against another bad team. That's not what you want to see. Uh, I want to see the Braves get started off right, get started off well. And uh, go ahead and stack some runs. I keep saying it early, stack some runs early against Marcus Stroman. He's a guy that's going to generally keep the ball on the ground. Hasn't been a good year for Stroman, which is awesome because I can't stand Marcus Stroman. He's one of the softest players in baseball as far as personality-wise. Uh, I, I'm just not a big Marcus Stroman fan. I never have been. I never bought in that he was a top flight pitcher. He's essentially been Julio Tehran for most of his career. Um, and people kind of treat him like he's a one when really he's a three or a four. But pitchers like that have kind of had the Braves number so far this year. Uh, 13 innings, 13 to third innings. He's got six walks. That's not very typical of Stroman. So I don't expect you'll get a lot of free passes. Uh, but for Max Fried, he's been pitching really, really well. 17 Ks and 18 innings to only one walk for him. And when you're facing this this Cubs team, they're not a they're not a very sturdy lineup. They're not anything that's going to really uh, hurt you too much. Now, weirdly enough, they're leading the league in batting average. Um, batting average third in runs, second in hits. They're they're actually top five in everything but home runs. But they're not a great lineup, and that's going to even out at some point. They probably face some pretty bad pitching if I were to hang my guess. Whereas the Braves' offense has steadily been uh, in the not so good range towards the back end of the league. So those two things should not remain the same. Luckily for the Braves, at least for the Braves offense, the Cubs pitching staff is not great. 
Uh, ERA is is in the twenties. The WHIP for them is in the twenties. They they don't walk a lot of people, but they also don't strike many people out. They're about league average at that. Uh, giving up a you know, I don't care about batting average, but giving up a high batting average, whatever. Uh, and they'll give up a few more homers. They've given up one more home run than the Braves pitchers have to this point. Hopefully the Braves can start showing some power because uh, this Braves lineup needs to start hitting some home runs if they're going to start reaching the levels that we all think they can hit. And speaking of hitting, that's going to be my main game plan for tonight is to see somebody, somebody start off the start off the, the series right by getting by showing some power. Uh, maybe maybe run you a big score in game one. Take some momentum into game two. The Braves need to win a series. They have not won one yet. You have an excellent opportunity against the Cubs. So hopefully when we're back on Thursday, we'll be talking about the Braves being up two games already and looking for a sweep. I think the Braves need some good look. You'll have Mark Leiter Jr. against Charlie Morton tomorrow. That should favor Charlie Morton before Thursday's outing, which will be Drew Smiley versus Kyle Wright. And anytime you see Kyle Wright, you're just kind of writing down that you think you should win that game as he's been incredible, incredible lately. Uh, I'm actually trying to uh, maybe get something working where uh, we can start talking about Kyle Wright a little bit more in depth. But that is my time for today. I'm definitely over my normal show. Sorry that it's a little bit later than normal today. I've had some stuff going on. The wife's not feeling super great. Uh, so I've, I've been on daddy duty most of the day today. But I am going to go ahead and call today. We will be back on Thursday, where obviously we'll have another prospect segment. I haven't decided which one I want to talk about yet. There's a number I could choose from. Uh, I think I have an idea, but I'm not quite sure. We'll, we'll see what happens on Thursday, how I feel on Thursday morning. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in, as always. Love you guys. Love that you tune into the show. Again, check us out uh, Thursday. We'll have another episode on Thursday. And check me out on Saturday mornings. Now, I will not be around next Saturday. So I'll have this Saturday and then I haven't quite planned what I'll do. I'm going out of town for my brother's uh, bachelor party, actually, which should be a lot of fun. But I'll have to figure out what I'm going to do next Saturday. But Saturday mornings, 9 to 11 a.m., 643 on 680 The Fan. Tap the app wherever you want to find it. Uh, and you can tune in every Tuesday and Thursday here at the Podcast Park for yours truly. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back in on Thursday here for the 643 Podcast. <laughs> That's all, folks. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.